Historically, there's been bias and even application process for minorities and person of color seeking a job. You may have to jump through more hoops than someone that is is not of the same race or color. It's almost every company or major companies have conversations about equity and diversity and trying to embrace that. But many really do struggle to to diversify the staff. I'm Bilal Isifu, CEO of Unchained Inc. And I'm Dr. Marcus Goss, principal of the greatest high school in all of the land, the T. Wingate Andrews High School in High Point. And I'm Eric Negley, principal of the incredible Page High School in Greensboro. And we are the hosts for this episode of the Bright Futures podcast. This is part two of a three-part series focusing on our project, Great Expectations, where we create a safe place and space for conversations about race. So it's exciting for me to welcome my guest today, Mr. Bilal. Um, so welcome. So just so everybody um, knows who Mr. Bilal Isifu is, I want to share just a little bit about his background. He is just a 22-year-old um, young man, but he's already done a lot of work that we are very proud of, and we're great to, glad to have him with the podcast today. So let me share a little bit about you. Uh, with the folks. So he was born in Togo, West Africa, and you came to the country at the age of five. He is a middle college at North Carolina A&T graduate. So he's a Gilbert County Schools graduate. And he, while attending there, he had a wonderful principal by the name of Marcus Dikos. So Bilal, welcome. It's definitely a pleasure to have you. So before we get started, like, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your story? Uh, well, thank you. First and foremost, it's a pleasure being here. Um, Glad we can reconnect again after a couple of years, and I, I got a lot to share. So again, my name is Bilal Isifu. I'm originally from Togo, West Africa. Me and my family migrated here uh, at the age of five. Pretty much grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, was in the Guilford County school system. Went to high school at the Middle College at A&T, um, where I met uh, Mr. Goss, uh, as we used to call him. And so through that experience, I was able to gain college credits and also start my college career pretty early. I came into North Carolina A&T as a sophomore my freshman year. So I only did three years of college where my I was a liberal studies pre-law major. At that time, my focus was mainly on just uh, specifically law and helping minorities through the legal system. As I matriculated through college, I got the opportunity to intern outside of my major in business development, consumer compliance, and also marketing. And so with those experiences, I realized that I had a skill set that could be applied now and I didn't need to go to law school for four more years. And so that's the route I decided to take. My last internship being at Goldman Sachs, I was working there and I was building uh, my tech startup, which is called Unchained Inc. It's a future of work technology startup that connects diverse talent to career opportunities while helping, while helping companies engage, recruit and develop diverse talent. Because right now there's a big emphasis on giving more equity and providing more opportunities to diverse individuals. And so I created this platform, you know, on a mission like Zuckerberg was when he created Facebook, but to the level that, you know, applied to my specific area, because, you know, that's something I dealt with going into school. I was a student. It was hard for me to find an internship and I started finding them outside of my major, but some student isn't going to have that motivation to do that. So like, why not create a platform that actually alleviates that? And so I found a lot of, I guess, fulfillment and being able to create a solution to a problem that I also face in that way. So talk to me a little bit about like, since you started, right? Since you started Unchained 8, what's been some successes that you've been able to 
or some pinnacles of success that you've been able to reach so far? After only being around for about two and a half years now, we've been featured in Forbes, CNBC, Yahoo Finance, to name a few. We have gained a lot of visibility on different terrains. Like we have uh, Percy Miller, otherwise known as Master P, on our advisory board. And he's also like done a few segments with us on content and also hosted a summit where we commemorated different HBCU students. Right now, the platform currently has over 11,000 users, 2.2 million website clicks, and a large network of about over 20,000 students through, through our social media platforms. And we work with about 16 different companies right now. So we have goals to continue expanding the platform's reach, not only to just college students, but also offering programs for high school seniors where they learn how to adapt to this new environment of getting your job on a virtual career fair, doing a hybrid work structure. So getting them exposed to those things early through what we offer now and creating that pipeline. That is pretty amazing. And I know you and I have talked a little bit about that and the work that we can do um, on the on the high school level, because that's definitely something that we that we know that students are, are needing going into these high wage and high school jobs um, and careers. So talk to me a little bit more about why Unchained Inc. is is specifically geared to job seekers of color. For example, let's just take it back to why it's called Unchained and our tagline of breaking the chain. So when I was thinking of this platform, I was thinking of a platform that that could connect people that come from my background to opportunities because historically opportunities were not available. Now there's been a shift in, you know, interest in a lot of different companies and different perspectives that now it's something that's important, but it should have been important. And so I created Unchained as something that Unchained literally stands for being, being limitless, having no limitless, having no limits. And then also breaking the chain stands for breaking barriers. We all know what it really means. It can mean whatever it wants for you, Ben. In essence, it means breaking barriers, that barriers of entry that, you know, stopped diverse candidates from getting opportunities in the past. And now in the future, you know, it's getting easier. There's more exposure. There's more interest, but there still wasn't something there before. And so Unchained is that thing is that is that uh, I guess that movement that is in the form of a platform or, or a community. How would you describe the, the, the job market or the job search for a person of color? Is it different? Like, do you feel like it's different from the perspective of a minority applying for a job, especially in some large Fortune 500 com companies and even in the tech industry? So do you feel like the job search is different? And, and if so, how so? Yeah, historically it has been. Um, It's only actually shifted in, in the past year and it's still slow shifts. Historically, there's been bias and even application process for minorities and, and the certain questions in the interview processes. So there's been like a lot of different things that until now, because people or situations have happened in the world that are causing people to, you know, focus on social impact and people's feelings and perspectives that now companies are leaning towards solutions in that way. But a lot of companies did not have that in place until now. So as a person of color seeking a job, you may have to jump through more hoops than someone that is is not of the same race or color because of what parameters or bias they have in just the application process. And then after the application process, it may even be the interview. And so now those experiences, people are, are shifting those experiences or are paying attention. Like, so all the companies that weren't paying the attention to that historically, now they're kind of forced to pay attention and they're, you know, actively trying to find ways to actually look at that. Because before it's people kind of just, you know, didn't look at it. Like, oh, we didn't know it was there. Oh, we didn't know it did that. But now that everybody's paying attention to it, it it's forcing all corporations to kind of reevaluate their hiring process, their outreach process, 
are we actually doing enough or are we just saying this to hit quotas? And so now that shift is like happening and Unchained is just trying to push that shift both on the student side, but also saying, hey, companies, if you're serious, we have a platform with thousands of students. You can't say you can't find them. They're here. Right. And so, right. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. So in, in starting this, tell me about like what's been the most surprising thing to you um, about building this company? Just the shift from thinking I wanted to be Johnny Cochran and a lawyer to like <laughs> Dan Zuckerberg. That that was the most for me growing up being someone of color. The, the perspectives you see is you aspire to be a lawyer, doctor or rapper or athlete, but you don't ever hear of a black tech entrepreneur in that in that way. And so I was drawn to making this shift because I felt I have to be that representation that I was missing. We can start that shift because the tech industry or just innovation in general is an area where historically we don't seek towards because, you know, there's so many barriers of entry for us through, you know, jobs, through access. But we don't realize that we can create our own opportunities solving the problems of our community. And so that's been the most interesting thing, change the perspective that I wanted to be a lawyer to help people but I also created this platform to help people. And you have to be flexible to pivoting. If you would have talked to me sophomore year, I would have probably told you you were crazy talking about being a tech company. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I have cases to look at. Like, what are you? But now, like, just having that time, having different things to do and gaining that perspective, like, I see clearly and I understand exactly what I, what I have to do and what my purpose is. It's almost every company or major companies have conversations about equity and diversity and trying to embrace that. But many really do struggle to to diversify the staff, you know what I mean? And to, to make sure that they have a culture that, you know, supports employees of, of color. So what can they do on their own is one part. And then the second part is how can you and, and Unchained Inc. or a consultant like you help in that regard? With Unchained, we provide companies different avenues in, in those different areas. So if you're lacking in visibility for candidates, we offer marketing campaigns, streaming services on our platform for you to actually stream your opportunities to this specific community. And we also have an ambassador team. So we have about 4,000 campus ambassadors across 42 HBCUs. And essentially they act as our on-campus engagement officers. They sign students up for the platform. They pass, up, they pass out gear. And if you're a company trying to get exposure at a specific campus, not only can you send an email blast, but you can actually get that real-time engagement on campus. And so we provide avenues to get them brand visibility or if they're specifically looking for recruiting and placements, we do virtual career fairs and we actually have a, a resume database and different tools on our, on our tech side that allows them to view analytics on their engagement for, for this specific demographic and also actually like hire people. So we offer services specifically for engagement or specifically for hiring and placement. Bilal, will you tell the listeners how old you are? Because I think I missed that. Oh yeah, I'm 22 years old. I, I think feel, I feel like I'm 30 sometimes. <laughs> just wait, just wait. And I, my friends used to always say that. I used to be like the the old head of the group. They used to always try to play me with that. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As you can see, I'm a white guy. That's pretty obvious. So I also hire Are you? <laughs> me. Depends. <laughs> you like to tell me otherwise. <laughs> but but like Marcus, I also hire and manage a pretty large staff. And as part of that, I serve a community at Page who 70% of the students I serve don't look like me. With that, we've worked really hard over the past few years at Page to make sure that our staff members represent the community and the students that we serve. So what are the minefields that I should avoid? What advice do you have for me? And when I make that misstep, like we all do, because we make missteps every single day, what advice do you have for me with that? Uh, I would say first and foremost, keep an open perspective. 
because there's not a specific thing you're looking for when you're specifically trying to create that opportunity of access. A lot of different people from different, you know, backgrounds can fit that specific thing. But being open-minded to, like, for example, like I'd say progressive hiring teams do the best because they're paying attention to how the world is shifting. All the different things that are going on, not even from a race perspective, but from a gender perspective and all these different things that you have to be in tune with because in reality, that's kind of what drives the future. Keeping an open mind and perspective and then also being open to collaboration because there is a lot of support and people that are working on this specific solution as well. So keeping an open mind to there's different resources that are specifically for this initiative. And there's also different avenues of, of solving the problem and not just not just one. Yeah, I was just thinking about a conversation we had not too long ago, just about like sometimes when candidates come in and we're we know the the culture of our school and, and maybe just by attire or the way that they carry themselves walking in, we're just like, uh, probably not. And then how many times we're surprised, oh, they they really are never know. really bring yeah. it. You never really know. So And then and then having the right people on the other side of the table with the hiring, having the right team around the table to look at that candidate for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about intersectionality, right? So for our listeners, what I mean by that is when two different issues or conditions intersect. All right. So Bilal, you're helping younger people or the younger generation of adults find jobs, and most of them are individuals of color. So how do you see this generational difference playing out as well as the racial and cultural ones? How do we make sense when there's so many intersections at play? When we think about race and age and gender and even geographic differences, like being from Southern or versus Northern or uh, in, in your case, being from, from West Africa, how do we make sense of that? It goes back to the word diversity. You know, a lot of people that think diversity and just think color, but diversity is thought, age, you said geographics. And so with it being such a big, big net, you can't focus on just one area. You got to start in one area and continue to expand, knowing that the problem takes a lot to solve and takes a lot to understand because no matter how many years we have in a specific area, collecting data on a specific geographic or collecting data on this, there's always going to be something missing. Bringing it back to my point, staying open mind to the different perspectives and the intersections. So for example, like you mentioned, being a minority in uh, this generation looking for opportunity versus in the past, this generation is not going to take a free internship. But I know in the past that used to be a thing. And there's different perspectives around that now, but it's also requiring companies that historically have not been able to get Black interns. They offer paid internship programs or a scholarship with it. They're getting that return because they don't understand that a lot of people coming from those backgrounds can't afford to travel to a specific location for a set amount of months without any finances because they don't have people to support them in that way. And so it's causing everybody to shift in that way. Like you're hiring a person with things going on, being more conscious of those things allows your company or organization to be more attractive to, to that intersection. Candidates are also trying to figure out what they even want to do with their lives and what type of company they go in. And sometimes, you know, the things that they're going through or what they have going on in the background sometimes hold them back from even making those type of decisions. Like, I don't want to move all the way here because of this. And each time that a company has the availability to, to, to gather data or get insights from, from the population they're trying to hire, they, implementing it instantly into the organization will help them solve that problem because 
if you show you care, it's easier for them to make a decision, especially now. In the past, like it was harder for people of color to find opportunities. Now companies everywhere are advertising it. But now that's making, you know, our generation, now they're picky because if we know every company is, is looking for a specific, if, you know, demographic of people, we're not just going to take any offer. We're going to ask questions like, what does your working environment look like? How do you guys treat these situations? How do you feel about this? Because you're not just going to join a, a situation where you're not going to thrive or develop in. Right. So, yeah. Right. I, I, I think you said something early on that, that definitely, definitely stood out to me, like the importance of diversity being diversity of thought. Unpack that for me. For example, if I went through something and you went through something, the way you dealt with it and the way I dealt with it may be different. But from what you said, I may gain something that I felt like I lost in my situation. Mm -hmm. And so the more you're able to do that, it, it allows, you know, more acceptance in the world. And that's the ultimate goal when it comes to like the world is like, if we have more diversity of thought, there'd be more peace because it's not just one way of viewing things. Even diversity is such a huge problem. I can't just say, hey, this is how you solve it. Right. This is how you start solving it. Right. And let's keep working together, to figure out how to continue solving it. Because 10 years from now, what candidates care about and what employers care about is not going to be the same. So this conversation may not even be relevant. Right. But as long as you stay up to date with that, you'll be, you'll be ahead of the curve. So. Staying in that space of diversifying your thoughts. I think that's tough. I'd like to get your thoughts a little bit about code switching in the workplace. First, let's define it for our listeners here today. Marcus has helped me understand it a lot better over the past 10 to 15 years, but I explain it as adjusting a style of talking, appearance, behavior, or even expression in ways that help you fit in and make others comfortable. I know that people of color often code switch for fair treatment and employment opportunities. We all want to fit in to be acceptable to the groups that we are with in that moment. But code switching means people of color often must hide our authentic selves, and doing this comes at great personal cost. Honestly, I'm sure it can be rather exhausting. Have you ever felt the need to code switch as a black man in the corporate world? Being in the perspective of being in, in the space that I'm sitting. So like navigating interviews through through being in college and getting different opportunities. I feel like there's a thin line between professionalism and code switch. And I didn't just learn that. I didn't learn that until I started my tech startup and started working with different clients and understanding that there's really levels to it. There's professionalism, which should be understood just on both ends. Respect for what this is. Treating it as such. If it's an interview, be on time in the interview. If you schedule something, make sure you're on that time or also even with, I guess, on the speaking side, it really depends because I've talked to different companies and like there's a lot of different tech companies that there's certain things that I thought would never be said in, in the professional realm, but it was said and it's normal in that space. I've been in internships where I'm in a meeting and I hear this and I'm like, well, you can say that. And <laughs> I realized that it really depends on the organization, but the the smartest person would not like you have to get in the door before you even you, you even get that perspective I feel like that we act different based on where we are how you see me at church is very different than you might see me at an eric benet concert um that might be a little different however when we talk about code switching i think that it comes specifically about whenever i have to adjust based on who i am racially in an environment in order to feel like i'm fitting in that particular environment and you're right. I think it is important, especially for candidates to know, like, you got to be your authentic self because the worst thing that we could ever do is hire someone who is not their authentic self in an environment in which they don't necessarily fit in. 
So I think that that's, that's definitely important. So I appreciate you definitely sharing that. You know, I was just going it, to, it's interesting that you brought up the, the fact of wearing a suit every day. When I went to Paige, I got a quick read really quick when I showed up in different neighborhoods with a full suit on, that wasn't going to be a good interaction because as a white man, that gave some persona about me. So, you know, Marcus makes fun of me all the time and I get a little bit of street cred. Talk to us just a little bit about what, what can employers do to make sure that we are doing our part to pull out the authenticity from the candidates that we're interviewing and selecting and even those that, that we're hiring, what can we do to make sure that those individuals coming in the building feeling supported from whatever backgrounds, culture, race that they're coming from? Where do we start? Starting with being able to present your company as a progressive company that's open to diversity and not just diversity of color because there's more diversity. And so having that at the forefront, because nowadays candidates care about company culture, how to specifically express your company culture. They want to be able to like get a feel for your company before they even, you know, complete the last interview because they want to know if they're going to be spending their time in a specific place for being able to present who you guys are authentically, because if you want authenticity in a candidate, then you must be able to also reflect that same thing. And if they ask you a certain question, like if you guys aren't at a certain point, like be honest about that, because there's apps now that like read reviews and say like, oh, this company said they do this and it'll like be a review about like a, there's a lot of different things going on right now. And so authenticity is where I feel like it all starts on both ends. If you're a company that like, for example, a good way, it could be a company that let's say this is one of their core values right now on this end, it doesn't show, but in, in a process of candidate asks, how's your diversity? And they're transparent, like, hey, our diversity isn't the best right now, but we're working towards it. These are a few initiatives we're working on. That, you know, gives you a lot more, uh, a lot more confidence because they didn't just try to sell you on the company knowing that, you know, they have some things to work on, but you, you're walking in knowing what you're, what you're getting into. And you, you would be willing to work with a company like that versus thinking you're walking into something that it's not. But what's one question that employees seeking jobs, what should they ask as it relates to culture and diversity? If there was one question that you can encourage them to get more information on, what would that be? What was the last employee implemented change that the company has enacted? That shows like from an impact standpoint, are you coming in as just a number? Or are you actually driving impact? And are they open to the people joining the organizations actually driving change within the company? I feel like that's very important because if you're looking for a career, you're looking for something long-term or you're looking for somewhere where you can grow and also feel like you're fulfilling some sort of purpose. But if you're getting a job where, you know, you have your role, you have your task, but it's not part of a bigger whole or you're not actually driving impact, you may not feel fulfilled. Bilal, you talked about this great company you started. Talk to us a little about all of our listeners today, talk to them about how they can get in touch with you and, and be a part of it. So yes, um, actually you can get connected with us through our social media pages at Unchained INC on Instagram and Twitter. And we also have a LinkedIn page at Unchained Inc. All right, my email is B-I-S-S-I-F-O-U at unchainedinc.com. Bilal, um, you've definitely given us a lot to think about today. So we definitely appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. I am extremely proud of you. And I think I speak for, for all of us in the room, as well as all of the teachers and faculty and staff and classified employees of Guilford County that you, you represent as well. So we definitely want to say thank you for 
everything that you have done in this space because it definitely is needed. On behalf of Guilford Education Alliance, thank you for listening to the Bright Futures Podcast. Thanks for listening. And you can help us build great schools by sharing this podcast with others. Let's stay connected. GEANC.org.